Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You're listening to Paratalk Radio with Ted Wolf and Psychic Cindy on ParatalkRadio.com. Paratalk Radio is your one stop for all things paranormal, the unknown, and the supernatural. We cover topics such as ghosts, hauntings, UFOs, Bigfoot, and more. Paratalk Radio is a product of Genesee Valley Paranormal Investigators. Paratalk Radio is on every Monday at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time and 7 p.m. Central. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, iTunes, and YouTube. We are on AHAM Radio Network and blogtalkradio.com. You can watch live video streams of Paratalk Radio on Facebook Live at facebook.com backslash Paratalk Radio. Paratalk Radio is recorded live at J-Wolf Studio in Ontario, New York. And you can contact us at tedgvpi at gmail.com. Okay, John, hit him with the disclosure. Some of the topics, discussions, and opinions expressed on the show may not be representative of Paratalk Radio, A-H-A-M Radio Network, our hosts, or our sponsors. Some of the language used on the show may not be appropriate mm-hmm. for listeners under 16. And now, here are your hosts, Ted and Cindy. Hi, everybody. Hi, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, John's here, too. You know, we I mean, that that's up. why I look over here, because uh, yes. the big guy's <laughs> over here. Oh, got to say hi to Kathy. Kathy's on there right away. Uh, Mary, Cora. Hello, you guys. Hi, How are you? Sheila. Mary. Hi, Mary. How are you? Nice to see everybody on there. So tonight hey, we have... Eric? Oh, Eric. Yeah, he's my friend, Eric Hayes. Oh, John's actually on the chat for once. Look at that. Oops. Oops. He's like, oops. <laughs> <laughs> so while we're waiting... Hi, Sheila. We're waiting for our guest to call in. Um, hopefully she got the message. So you know, we're going to wait for her. Mm-hmm. Um, there she is. So let's let's go okay. to her. Let's see. If Hi, she's on Normie. There. <clears throat> Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> that was probably super loud. Hello, Kitty. Hi, Kitty. Are you there? Hello. Uh, hold on. Hello. Hello. This is Kitty. Kitty. Yeah. Hi, Hi, Cindy. How are you? How this are is you? Ted, and of course, Cindy's right next to me. How are you? Hi, Ted. Hi, Cindy. Well, it's a pleasure to be here. So good to hear you oh, guys. Oh, we're loving it. <laughs> How cold is it over there? Uh, 40s and 50s today. Yeah, not too bad. Yeah. Not, too, well, bad. not too bad. You know, I'm, I'm a wimp. I'm a California desert girl. I can't handle it below 70 degrees. Oh. <laughs> I would love that, to be honest. Oh, no. I'm a 60s, 70s kind of guy. Yeah, 70s uh, is like probably like where I want to be. Yeah. yeah. It's perfect. Oh, well, I'm happy to be on so, the show but, tonight. Yeah, we're happy to have yes, you here. It's been a while I since I contacted too. you about being on the show. You know, uh, we hit each other up all the time on Twitter and stuff, and that's how I found out about our book. And oh. um, just it's... 
I started reading it, and we and we passed it off. We had co-host uh, swapping here done, and then uh, Kitty's book, everybody. Yeah, yeah, I'm showing Kitty's book right now. So yeah. um, this is just going to be I've a good time tonight. Mm-hmm. Oh, good. So and I as I mentioned before, I, I do have some copies that I'm uh, going to be giving away during the show. So Ooh. everybody call in and and ask questions and stuff because I did see that that's what the uh, that's what the little post said from Kitty. Yeah. Yep. yep. And the phone number to call in is going to be one three two three. Wait a minute, is that the right one? Yeah, one three two three six four two one one zero two. And what we will do is we'll have we'll have Cindy put it on the the chat, and then you can call in. At, at certain times, when we say to call in, so just get the number ready, put it there, write it down so that you have it, and then uh, we'll go from there. But it's three two three six four two one one zero two, and then we'll go from there. Uh, Kitty, we kind of want to explain. We've changed a little things here in Paratalk. I don't know if you've watched any of our episodes, but um, we actually added a new thing, something called Weird News, Weird and Strange yeah. Paranormal News. Yeah, and last okay. week was the first time we actually to its extreme and it was a blast we had it was so funny last week and um everybody seems to be commenting and loving it so <laughs> yeah. um it was a good thing Absolutely. And we're gonna okay. we were trying to find that that unique noise or you know like intro for it but unfortunately i think we found it we just got to get it We've more to time it to figure it out and get it in um little technical difficulty yeah. there <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> Exactly, but um, there it's usually a pretty fun thing, and we a lot you would like our guests to to uh, join in on the news and stuff. And, and oh. what you got, Jay? Hi, Jay. Hi, Charlie. Hey. Hi, oh my God, Charlie. Enormous. Oh, cool. Um, my friend Charlie Whitcomb. Nice, nice. So why don't we get right into it? I so. Think we um, all right, so Kitty, you wrote a book now. But we're, before we get to the book, let's talk about um, you. Oh, we're as, do weird news? No, no, we're now. gonna do weird news. Do you want to oh. do it now? Do you oh, do weird sure. news now and get over it? If, if you got the intro, go sure. ahead. Uh, well, <laughs> the intro the is intro. a different story right at the moment. <laughs> it kind of. Um, we tried to get it together here before, you know, it happened, but it uh, it just didn't make it to the recording quick enough. So it's sounding weird um, already. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it sure is. <laughs> 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 we'll just make it better. Perfect. <laughs> Uh, one of the things about weird news and strange news, it doesn't necessarily have to be paranormal. It's just something fun and odd. different and weird yes. and odd and something you don't hear all the time. So I got a couple that I found that I thought were interesting. Okay. And okay. Uh, are you ready for these? I got, I'm, all right. I, I You're ready. I'm ready. All right. Okay. <laughs> First one. Two men have been arrested for after finding one kilogram, which is 2.2 pounds of cocaine, was found in a pair of fake buttocks. In the <laughs> <laughs> so basically, they were hiding their stash in their ass. <laughs> yes, pretty much. That's what they were doing. <laughs> they were putting the junk in the trunk. Yes, yes, yes. For real, though. Mm-hmm. It says a Brazilian man carrying the two cushion-like implants, which were attached to a pair of swimming trunks, 
It was detained by the Portugal Anti-Narcotics Agency. That's hysterical. Later, the man was arrested at a train station under suspicion of being due to receiving the drugs in the fake buttock. (laughs) (laughs) What I want to know is why were they in the swim trunks? I think that's a a bit more suspicious than anything else. Having a filled pair of swim trunks, I think, would really draw a bit of attention. (laughs) Well, the, this, I, can, I cannot actually understand this because think about it this way. When you don't have a cute butt, <laughs> yeah. you need to automatically have one when you're on the beach. So you no, automatically, I think you automatically have then, one if you're from Brazil. It, it, it's just kind of a gimme that you're going to have a cute butt if you're from Brazil. It seems like it should, yes. Hi, Jenna. Hi, Kelly. <laughs> it seems to me as though that is like the quota right there. Like, you have to have a cute boom boom. Mm. Okay, so number two. All right. You ready? I'm ready. All right. Go for it. A long lost... I I think I'm ready. A long lost... Okay. Right, right. A a long lost sexual manual from the 1720s has exposed some of the more unsettled beliefs to be held in the Georgian times. So what are we talking here? The Karma Sutra or Aristotle's masterpiece completed in two parts. The first contained the secrets of generations was banned until nineteen sixties and a copy of the title is set to be auctioned off in uh, Derbyshire next month. And apparently it says warnings about the mysterious consequences of bestiality. Advice on the importance of mutual affection and teaching on the purpose of a wife for a husband featured in this publication. Oh. Okay. There you go. Does it say what the auction estimate is? No. Actually, they didn't. Um, That's just... The the only bit of weird... Sexual news I can come up from history is I I had heard that Cleopatra used to use half of a lemon as a contraceptive. Your mind can what? be led where it wishes to, but I read that many many years I... ago, and somehow that just burned into my brain. <laughs> it just burned. Period. It appeared. I think. It probably did. And had not left. It's. Be- <laughs> <laughs> um, Charlie says. Cocaine in the butt, nudie in the booty. <laughs> <laughs> I'm oh. thinking so. I'm thinking so. All right. So and this one is, is it says it's disturbing. I'll just read it to you. It says, disturbing Cinderella weight challenge is the latest diet trend to encourage dangerous weight loss. Wait, they better not put Cinderella in anything yeah, bad because I love Cinderella. Yeah. It's my favorite. Well, it's because they try to get the waist down as small as oh, they can. So yeah. they're, you, you know how they tighten the corset yeah. and they get it to where it's... That's super scary, by the way. Yeah. So, I've seen women that do that. Yeah. So <laughs> that's... Yeah, so that's... Well, I know uh, Adina next... Montee still trains with a corset. She has that very tiny, tiny waist. Yes. Yes, exactly. Wait, what did she say? There's a, um, what was her name again? Adita Von Teese, a burlesque dancer. She's yeah, actually she, the ex-wife of Marilyn Manson. Uh, but she's yeah, and a, there are a famous there burlesque show, same. and she's a very corset-trained. And A lot of the 40s and Ooh. 50s uh, movie actresses, you'll notice, have a very hourglass oh, yeah. figure, and they were all trained with corsets to get that figure. 
Why do I yeah, know? Yeah, and I don't it, know. <laughs> <laughs> I personally like food way too much, so mm, I'm with you. I can't chorus it myself. I, 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 I'm with you. I, I had enough of that, like, whenever they were beheading people in France. I did that lifetime. I'm over it. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> I remember that one. Is it weird that I can talk about my past lives? <laughs> oh, no. no. It's not no, weird. It's not, it's not weird. Not with me. <laughs> <laughs> so here's the last one for the night. It says, bits of famous. It's still doing it, John. Bits of famous lost. And it says, in quotations, and fake, flying saucer turn up in British Science Museum. Oh, what is it supposed to be? Bits of a... Bits of a famous lost flying saucer. Oh, okay. Yep, it says, pieces of a 50-year-old English flying saucer have turned up in the London Science Museum archive. As the BBC reported February 9th, David Clark, a journalism lecturer, um, determines that they they came from a famous 18-inch or 45-centimeter metal saucer. The object captivated the U.K. press in 1957 after it turned up in Selfomore near uh, Scarborough, Yorkshire, England. Then after being chopped up into bits for examination, it gradually disappeared over the decades. Okay, so they found it, and it just was disappearing. They, bit just, by bit. they just broke it up in pieces, and people stole it. So how did they okay. authenticate like the these pieces as these extraterrestrial bits of shrapnel? Right. Had that's they yeah. open, and, they open this box and, oh, yeah, that's spaceship stuff as opposed to aluminum scrap. Right. Uh, this well, it, metal it, is definitely terrestrial. It, it, it says a little more here. It says the three men originally discovered the object in the moor at the Yorkshire Post reported. Uh, three weeks later, Russia launched Sputnik. Uh, the first satellite on the mm-hmm. Earth created by humans. I don't know what that has to do with it. As the Post reported, its copper bottom was covered in hieroglyphics, very much like the saucer discovered in Roswell, New Mexico. Huh. So yeah, That's cool. Interesting. Yeah. I think, yes. So where are these pieces now? Mm. Did they go back to the museum? Yes. Yeah, so they're apparently in the museum at this, at the Science Museum of Britain. I would like to see those hieroglyphics, though, because I think that's cool. So that's the news. <laughs> I like your weird news. It's funny and well, weird. Nudie in the booty. I would like to find some weirder news. I've been I've been searching all week for like some really strange, some really good stuff. Well, really I like the one stuff, you posted so. in, in. Oh my on gosh, the, on the, the one about the the guy dressing the up guy as a dog. Who watched it? Come on. Let me see oh, it in, let's the, see in the can, comments. Let's go, let me go back to that because I thought that was an amazing news piece. It was, that it, was, it was very, it was, really. it was hysterical. Um, it was very <laughs> cool. And I don't think Janice saw it, but I, it's right here. Let me see if I can. Um, I thought it was very cool. Uh, I, I laughed for a long time, though, after <laughs> reading it. I, I did. I scratched my head a bit, I have to say. I mean, yeah. look at the picture of her. Yeah. Like, yeah. she's like, mm, I really don't want to be here doing So if this you article. go to Paratalk Radio on Facebook, so it's facebook.com backslash Paratalk Radio, you can look at it. It says, it's called Daily Dispatch. It says, man chooses to live life as a domesticated dog. A Dalmatian dog. Yeah, Dalmatian. While most people love dogs, a 32-year-old man has taken it one step further after he decided to live his life as a domesticated Dalmatian. Uh, Tom Peters told the, UK, uh, the UK's 
this morning, which must be a show, that while he uses his real name when he works on his job as a lighting and theater technician, he likes to be referred to as Spot when he transforms into this puppy. <laughs> Peter said this Dalmatian costume helps him trans- transform into his persona of a puppy, while or which is a lifestyle he is fully committed to. He sleeps in an enclosure, walks on all fours, and eats from a dog bowl. Listen, ladies, who doesn't <laughs> want to really cage up their husband sometimes? Come on. Now, speak the truth here. Now, you know, putting jeans. him on a leash and leading him around, I'm all for it. I mean, <laughs> you could be done with that. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I certainly could. I mean, you know. It's funny. I love it. Why not? I, I think that would be fun. I mean. Yeah. I hope he's house trained. Does he, does he, re- does he remain housebroken when he's in his new persona? I, well, if he does, he's going to get spanked if he if he does any kind of naughty stuff in the house. Come on, I think that's what he's after. Bad though. puppy, no pooping on the floor. Right. Well, spank me, mommy. <laughs> I swear it's got to go there. I wonder if she washes them for fleas. <laughs> Come on. That's hysterical. That's so funny. Oh, I'm sorry, folks, but this is this is what you get out of us today. We we <laughs> we like the weird stuff. We do. Come on. We do, and that's you know, and that's okay with me. Um, <laughs> seriously, Spot, get a life. <laughs> that's beautiful. That's beautiful. That was funny. Hello, Caesar. Caesar is uh, one of the new members of GVPI. Um, hey, just joined. So nice to see that yes. you're here. Why? Yeah, it's awesome. That's awesome. Fantastic. I, yeah. I put it on my page, too, for new volunteers. Hey, come on. If you like the dead people, <laughs> come on. You know you do. Just sign up. Go hunt for them. There you go. Do like the rest of us. Go into the house and talk to furniture. Yes, I mean, because it's normal. <laughs> That's so funny. All right, so let's, my microphone's annoying me, people. Uh, sorry. I'm all right, sorry. so let's let's get to the rat killing. No offense, Kitty. <laughs> that was funny. Yeah, it was a little funny. It was all right, funny. so okay, let's try it like this. I was oh, told oh, I wasn't loud did, enough last. Did week. you see Chanel real quick? She said, "Don't you remember that movie with Roxanne where she was a dominatrix?" Um. I don't. Which which movie was it? I'm so confused. Yeah, I don't know if All I could watch. All I have watch. in my head right now after she says Roxanne is Sting going, Roxanne! <laughs> <laughs> okay, <laughs> folks. <laughs> Somebody didn't take her medication. <laughs> I think I think in lyrics, that's all. I think in lyrics, it's oh, fine. And I'm the singer. <laughs> right. I'm not. Ears bleeding, it's okay. It's just me. Yeah, you'll live through it. It's fine. All Let's right. get a tissue. all right so let's get to our guest and it's it's amazing to have her here with us um like i said as i started earlier um we're friends on twitter and stuff and i see her post about her book all the time i asked her to send the book in which we got Mm -hmm. and um i I started reading the book yep and then believe it or not i took it to work with me and i was reading it so this is what happened to your book kitty it was kind of cool so i was reading it at work and one of the other employees sent to me oh I've seen this book, but I've never been able to read it. Really? Can I borrow it? Stop it. And I'm like, yeah, like when? They're like, now, and I'll bring it back to you tomorrow. She stayed up all night and read this book. Really? I, I re- so I have to say, yeah. Kitty, I enjoyed the book. Like, I, I have um, 
have ADD. Like, seriously, stop laughing, everybody. <laughs> Not you. I, so it. So I sometimes have to reread and reread, and I didn't have too too much of that. I had a couple times, but it's just because it was my brain. But I really, it was a really good read. I enjoyed it. Yeah. Well, thank you. Yeah. I mean, it, it does I, cover some sort of heavy topics, but I tried to keep it. You know, relatively light, as you guys, you know, like to leave, you know, have the subject of the paranormal, you know, enjoyable, but it does cover some kind of heavy topics, and I just wanted to make sure that everybody was able to absorb the information and it wasn't going to be bogged down and be like in a textbook, you know, form. Um, the thing about the well, book is there's a lot of paranormal books out there that cover, you know, techniques and uh, locations, and mm-hmm. I just, there were some areas that I saw in my years of investigating that just were not being addressed, and that's Which primarily I, what I wanted to cover uh, in the I, book. Yes, I really liked that. I enjoyed that part of it, to be honest, and I was talking to Ted about it before we started. I really liked that part. Um, so I, can I just yeah, go talk ahead. about this go a little ahead. bit? No, no, go so for it. So I have to say, I'm, I enjoy that you – started the book out in your introduction you literally go through and how you as a psychic medium sees the the levels shall we say or hierarchy in spirit world i i too see them very similarly to you so how you explain um ghost spirits um and angels and that's pretty much how i see it Um, I literally see them in levels and there are certain people that, and spirits, and they have a hierarchy to them. So that's exactly how I see it. So I got you there, girl. Got it. Okay. And not everybody is going to see it the same as, as you and I do. They may feel it or see it, you know, differently and that there is no wrong in that aspect. No, it is. There's not. But I thought that was interesting that you actually covered that right to right at jump just starting out um, that you are explaining how you see it and how it is. And I understand it because that's how I see it, to be honest. That's how spirit has explained it to me. Um, And I, I really have to say, I enjoy that you're not telling everybody, Hey, I was a medium from the beginning and I just, whatever. I thought it was awesome that, you know, you said it was, through doing your investigations. So can you elaborate a little bit more on that and explain what I'm talking about to everybody? Sure. I mean, everybody thinks when a psychic medium goes on an investigation, it's some middle-aged lady wearing a kimono going, are there any astral spirits here? You know, (laughs) and just going at it from a completely psychic medium perspective. I started at the other end of the spectrum. You know, not only did I grow up in a haunted house and had all these experiences, but, you know, I started off as a mainstream paranormal investigator with all the tools and, you know, the notebooks and, you know, taking the the history down and, you know, doing it in a very clinical way. And, you know, okay, I've got my EVPs, I've got my evidence. And over the years when you start getting, you know, this contact or in the EVPs and you start getting the spirits communicating with you and they start saying things like, you know, help me or, you know, they're asking for specific things. It was kind of that epiphanal moment where I'm thinking, okay, why am I doing this? I've got these tools. 
I'm actually managed to bridge this veil, and I have these spirits that are asking for you know something for help, for contact, for for comfort, for you know communication. And now I have this responsibility to find a way, pretty much, to reciprocate, to in order to help and heal them. Otherwise, you know, what is the point of this as opposed to just trying to keep finding answers as to what happens when we die? So it kind of led me to, okay, now I need to add something to my tool set as an investigator in order to you know, give them these answers, give them this aid, give them this help. And so I actually started going to classes, going to meditation, and just kind of honed what I think everybody has. I, I get some flack for this because a lot of people say being a psychic medium is a, a gift. And I think like being a musician, you know, some people are definitely more gifted than others and obviously more uh adept at doing it naturally but i think everybody has this ability in them and i refer to it more as a skill set and obviously the more you hone it the more you practice it and the more you use it the better you're going to be at it so yes i started as you know a paranormal investigator and then i i I found these reasons to want to have these psychic abilities and you know use a mediumship to be able to communicate and heal with them. And that also led my uh, going into learning how to uh, utilize Reiki in order to heal people on the other side as well. So there's a whole vast tool set that people can use um, to communicate and to you know help people on the other side. And it also transcends into your daily life, into this side of the veil too. And that I touch on back and forth in the book as well. The tools that you can use, for the dead, you can also use for yourself, for your own personal boundaries, and to use, you know, in your friends and family as well. Yeah, and we're talking about that one in particular. We're talking about Reiki, so healing yourself, healing others around you, and and for the the people of the past. I think that's a great idea. Hi, Ted. Welcome. I, you know, I, I know you too. You know, I'm not sure if your uh, listeners are familiar with Reiki, but it's a type of energy healing. And right. I was really surprised that you could utilize it, you know, on those who've already died. You think, okay, they're dead. What is what is healing going to do? But you would be amazed at how many spirits that are on the other side either have, uh, you know, emotional baggage left to them. They have the guilt. They have the remorse. And a lot of them still want to carry a type of physical pain with them, maybe as a bridge to yeah. hold them onto the mortal side, or it's just that they feel that they don't know how to let go of that physical pain. And you can actually yeah. utilize this Reiki, this energy healing, to help ease that pain. What Reiki does, it doesn't just magically zap people and heal them. It actually helps the body heal itself because every cell in the body has the ability to heal itself. So you're just kind of uh, tweaking, you know, the chakras and the the areas of balance in the body and get that energy flowing properly again. And then once you kind of get that body neutral, then you can actually start pulling the negative gunk, as I like to call it, out of the body. Once you get the negative stuff out, then you can actually have the body infused with you know the light and the healing and then it just amazes 
both the dead and the living of how much better they can feel. Either mo- it works both for I, emotional trauma and for physical trauma as well. And that's what I, I didn't. So I'm I'm not Reiki certified, but I will be. <laughs> Um, one thing is that um, I didn't know what I was doing when I was doing it. I just knew that I was using healing energy and I wanted to help the people who have passed um, not stay in a specific area. If they wanted to leave, I was giving them the opportunity to and giving them a way to do it, helping them, right? So And doing it intuitively um, I, I is a wonderful so- way to start doing it because you're kind of Keep yeah. feeling your way out there and doing it the right way because you're using your intuition. Uh, starting right. off intuitively is a great way to start using energy healing. Good girl. Yeah. <laughs> and so I, I just want to say something. The guys from the Demon Files last week actually said what you stated in your book, which was that you didn't start out being a psychic medium or having feelings, but they actually said the same thing. They actually from doing investigations, that that's how they actually came into their gift. I thought that was really cool that I read it with you as well. I thought that was amazing. Well, I think there's a part. Go ahead. There's a part. Okay. Well, there's there's a small um, delay here. We have to remember. But um, there's there's a part of um, when, well, like, like with myself, like, I sort of knew certain things way before even starting investigating. I had that gift. I, right. As a child, right. you you notice things that other people don't. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And yeah. you get weirded out by it. You get picked on by it and, right. and, and because of it and stuff. And when I got into investigating, and the reason I did investigating and all that, it, the gifts did sharpen, I guess, is the best way to put it. It kind of puts you in a position where you... Um, learn. You try to, you know, use it a little more and mm-hmm. kind of like honing your craft once you get into the, the investigative side. Yeah. And But then there's a time, and, and this is something I truly believe with psychic mediums, is that when you're out there and you're doing these investigations, you need to learn. And this is something that fails when it, across the board with most of them is that they don't they don't shut it off they don't know how to protect themselves i'm finding this with the younger generation of psychic right. mediums than anything because i think they can handle it mm-hmm. and no i mean you learn from experience hands on absolutely and um have to protect yourself it's, yeah and, and so i just think one. that you know with all this I, I think it is true that you know, if you notice you have the gift or, or even let's say you start investigating and notice that you have these feelings and so on and so forth, that's cool. But just make sure you protect yourself, get the help that you need to kind of control it mm-hmm. and, and advance yourself with it, too. There are people out there that can help you. Yeah, I agree with well, that. You know, that. That's something that I go over and over and over again with the book because I, that's one thing I just kept noticing yeah. with people who kept investigating is, they thought it was cool that they would go home and then they'd start having paranormal activity at home. And, oh, yes, I see spirits every single day. And then over the course of months or years, you see a lot. How many of you have seen paranormal investigators over the course of months start becoming a bit more angry, a bit more depressed? You know, they don't want to go on investigations or they say they're drawn to locations that tend to be very dark. 
and you, you just start getting these layers and layers and layers of other people's energies cloaking over you, and it really does start affecting your personality. And I think these people, who, like you said, they think they can handle it because they're young and they, they see spirits all over the place. They, they don't take that precaution to establish those personal boundaries and say, hey, I need to have this conversation with you out here as opposed to you, you getting right inside of me kind of thing because that makes these entities, these spirits feel really entitled and they're just they're going to drain you and it really can affect you in the long term. And, you know, we've seen that happen with, you know, people not able to handle it and it does affect you, it can affect you mentally and I've talked to some mental health workers and asked them point blank. I said, how many people, what percentage over the course of years do you think your patients are actually being affected by external influence as opposed to just maybe like substance abuse? And they were saying it's probably about 40% that they actually believe was being affected by external mm. influences energetically. But they say, oh, that's going to be off the record, you know. <laughs> but yeah. they're seeing it more and more right. and more that it actually will start affecting your personality. And that's, Absolutely. you've got to be cognizant of that, people. And that's not just um, going for anxiety. criminal investigations and the dead, but you, know, you could find it in the workplace. You can find it in your relationships. And mm-hmm. that's one thing that you really have to be cognizant of, of other people's energies can be affecting you and draining you. It, I mean, obviously, I just honed the book towards the paranormal, but uh, it will affect you in daily life as well. It really does. It's very draining. But well, have I'm you noticed, like, a lot of people are... over years are like, oh, I'm starting to get depressed, or they start getting angry. And you, it's like, dude, it's because you're not cleansing yourself, and you're just getting these layers and layers and layers of energy on you. And, yeah, it will start affecting yeah. you. Yeah. It certainly will. And there's things that people can do, which is, is something that – which is amaze, amazes me at, at any given time, that if you have these abilities, you have to learn how to cleanse yourself and ground yourself and, and all that. And, you know, the easiest thing and the, the biggest tool that we have is our phones. You can get on YouTube, and there are cleansing things out there that will help you to help, you know, to cleanse you and to – I'll give you an even quicker, faster one. What is something that you do every day? Shower. Shower. That's exactly where yep. I was going with it. That is the number one way of cleansing because not yeah. only are we cleansing our body, our physical bodies, but we literally are cleansing our spirit bodies that we have as well. Our yeah, and most bodies. times while you're under that water, if you just visualize yep. all that negativity, Smut- black and all that stuff, all that mm-hmm. smudge, all that stuff going away Gone. and drawing down into the drain, yep. seeing yourself surrounded by a white light. Some, you know, the Absolutely. more natural people see green light, you know, whichever you need to use, mm-hmm. it's very easy and it takes, what, a shower, 10 minutes? I mean, yeah. depending on how long you take to wash your bootay, you know? Well, so. I, I, and this is how I like to do it. I literally like to center right then and there. I say, I'm in this moment. I'm cleansing myself. I'm doing this with purposeful intent. Mm-hmm. And literally, I tell everybody to use white light because that's protection. Right. And I just use white light. I cleanse myself. I see that it goes down the drain. You want to see that like the junk, the schmutz, like Kitty was just saying, that it looks like it's gray or black or brown, something, but you see that in your mind leaving your body and going down the drain. 
and then see yourself like 360 degrees or what I like to say is a cocoon of white light. Mm -hmm. That's it. It's really simple to protect yourself. Do this every day. I mean, how many women work with women and it just gets catty? Yeah. It really oh, yeah. does. Yeah. Yeah. So there's some it, of the it sounds things overly that... simplistic, but it is very, very effective. And also I, yeah, I'd yeah. like to recommend um, music um, is also good for cleansing yeah. because uh, music, yeah. because, you know, sound is the closest thing to physical matter. So you can actually change your whole mindset mm -hmm. if, if you're feeling one way after you take a shower to put on, you know, like Tibetan uh, singing bowls or, you know, meditational music oh. or, or just something to really kind of filter your mind out and get you back in a, a centered light place. There's also but, you know, that once theory again, use that your intuition, it, and you're going to really know what you need to to listen to. But yeah, a, a, just a normal hot shower right. just it, it cleanses the mind and the body, as they say. Right. That's right. There's a there's a theory, um, and I don't remember all the details, unfortunately. But um, standing in front of a very large speakers with a very low bass notes hmm. would so like uh, infrasound push the. Yeah, right. yeah, the, yeah, and it would push the negative out. You do have to be in the mindset at the same time, but that low tone is supposed frequency. to help. Frequency is mm -hmm. supposed to help push that negative stuff out of your actually. body. I could see that. Yeah, that's so. amazing. Well, Native Americans did a lot of dancing, drumming, and all that stuff to to boost their spirit and push stuff away. So I mean, that's mm -hmm. makes sense, know. right? Yeah. Yeah. So, they, they were very smart. I, they did it intuitively, I, and they knew what they were doing. Oh, yeah. Well. Yes. Hi, Lance. Sheila, I can't remember if I said hi. I think I did. Hi. <laughs> hi, yes. Michelle. Um, so I have to say that as we were talking about your book, and you, you, you go into mediumship and, and how you came into it, but I really loved and went into the Reiki, but I like that you actually like to have a little bit of skepticism. I, I'm a skeptic myself. I know that sounds ridiculous. I'm a I, I, medium, but I'm, you I'm a have to, as well. You have to sit on the fence. I mean, I if anything, I so. you have to sit on the fence. Um, I, I just did the interview, um, with real paranormal, um, the, the, anyways, did an interview, and, and he was pretty much the same way I am, that I, I have a hard time believing in nonsense in, in, the, in the... Hallelujah. You know what I mean? The, the, the fantasy crap and the stuff that's always brought up with that, you know? Um, I'm sorry. You know, I, I have a real problem with it. It's like orbs and stuff like that. I, I, I have a problem with it. And... So for me, I like to take and sit down and say, this is what I've got. This is what I found. Mm -hmm. the, these are facts. This is the skeptic in me. This is the stuff here. This is the stuff that I find that is real. It's tangible. It's something I can, you know. Mm -hmm. And um, I think that there's too much in the paranormal field right now that go on those whims of fantasy <clears throat> versus reality. And that's why I have a hard time with right. certain things, you know. Um being, you know, we're talking as, as mediums and psychics, it's very hard to take what you see or hear or feel and give that to somebody to say this is fact. Right. Well, yeah, because Validate it's something that is a very personal experience, and you, on top exactly. of that, are interpreting it 
and you really have nothing tangible to show them. So you just have to say, this was my personal experience. And that's why you right. have and to this, use it yeah, as a complement to some of the equipment that you're using and just say, I'm using this as another tool set. But yeah, it, there are, it's still right. a personal experience on many, many levels. Yeah, and no matter what, you know, I think, you think, you know, John thinks or Cindy thinks, there's always going to be those people out there mm-hmm. that are say, it's nonsense. It's all nonsense. But what I've learned, and this is real quick, is that I learned mm-hmm. that even in the fairy tales, even in biblical stories, even in, in stories from Egypt and the Mayans and so on and so forth, there was always that little bit of science fiction or fantasy that it's always there so how much of this is real and how much is it not real you know what i mean what do we (laughs) (laughs) thanks where are you going with it do we well (laughs) interrupted me by your phone was that what what do we do what do we do with it do we take the realism that we have today and keep pushing that forward. But because human nature likes the fantasy, we, we do as a race, we love the fantasy stuff. They couldn't separate it back then. How do we separate it today? And to convince people that it's not all nonsense, you know, that's the problem that I see in most of it today is that we still get those that say, Hey, it's nonsense. But yet we know that somewhere down the line, there's some truth to it. Right. Well, and I think think quantum physics is really going to go a long way in helping us explain uh, the paranormal because I think we, as much information as we get on an investigation, we're getting a lot of uh, effects. We're getting a lot of EVPs. We're getting a lot of photos. We're getting a lot of orbs. We're not uh, finding out the cause. So you have your cause and effect, and we're we're only getting half of that equation. And I think we have to kind of reframe the conversations a little bit to get better answers when we're doing a paranormal investigation. We I think just so keep going out and finding the direction. I think, I think sometimes also it plays in that. Yeah, we're a little limited as to what equipment we have, and you know, knowing where to look. You know, we really don't understand exactly where these, you know, spirits are. Are they on a different plane? You know, are they right next to us? Are they in another dimension? You know, we just don't know those answers yet. So I think we're really struggling as to where to look to find these answers. And I think we just have to kind of keep reframing the, the, the conversation a little bit. And I think we'll get that kind of aha moment once we finally find that right frequency of when we're asking those right questions. And like I said, I think we, uh, quantum yeah, physics will really go a long way in kind of answering those questions for us. Right. There, there's definitely like like right now the, the the paranormal field is just chasing their own tail. There's a lot of things out there that just isn't. We're not getting any closer to where we were, you know, 20 years ago, 30 years ago. I don't think anything has really changed. Um, not that it's been proven, at least, you know. And we can collect as many EVPs as we want, but people, there's, there's going to be skeptics. There's going to be people that say it's nonsense. There's going to be, um, look at the way science still looks at the paranormal, mm-hmm. okay? And 
I don't think in our lifetime or even the generation after us is going to get any closer. Not at this time. There's too many things that need to change. And we discussed this last week and the week before. There's got to be a little more um, – the standard has to change. We have to do certain things a little different. But I also think, though, that there has it, – it's there's a lot more people that actually are thinking the way that we are thinking. It's actually I think if the open-mindedness open, has happened, yeah. yes, it's that that, that has happened. Even right. though uh, statistically across the board, uh, the the whole paranormal investigator, the the they're dropping, meaning that the people aren't as involved as they used to be. You know, from the last ten years, mm-hmm. um, we're not getting as many people involved, and and I don't know why that's happening. I don't know why it's changing. Uh, maybe it's the TV shows and the non since it's going on with them who knows um but i I do believe that it's the way we are doing this the we need a plan we need a structure we need a new way to look at it we need um more people on the same page doing the same thing or at least bringing something else to the table i think we're a little bit too uh competitive with each other and we're not going at it on a unified front uh, like the scientific community is. But you have to remember, the scientific community is, is not the golden rule. You know, you still have a lot of uh, scientific aspects which are still considered theories, and everybody just automatically thinks that the, these are laws. And that the whole mindset of a scientific community is you go on a certain path until you are presented with new evidence, and then you must be open-minded and willing to change your opinion, otherwise you're just going to be wrong. And so a lot of people say, well, the, 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 all, everything in science has been proven and all these are rules. And if you go back mm-hmm. to the early days of science, everything was still considered theory until you were presented with new evidence. And I think that's kind of the backbone of the, the paranormal is you know, we're still asking yep. questions until we find the right answers. So I, I don't take it too hard when the scientific community poo-poos us and calls us a pseudoscience. It's like, you know, look look to your your history, guys. Everything you had was once a theory, and, you know, you thought the world right. was flat, and you didn't know what bacteria was, and, you know, you burned people at the stake, you know, for being heretics, and, you know, now you think everything is law. So, you know, it's a different mindset, but we do need to really approach our evidence and how we go about things, like you said, Ted, on a more unified front, because we're so disjointed and yeah. everybody's competing with everybody else and everybody thinks they have to have their own TV show in order to get you know, validation. And, yeah, it's just a mm-hmm. bit of a quagmire right now. <laughs> and it, it can be the simplest. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it can be the simplest change. The simplest things could help, not even change, just bring something new in. Like we were talking last week. And a lot of the, the teams, we, there's six or seven of us here in teams from Syracuse, Rochester, that we've decided we wanted to look at a certain way that we investigate or, or write down our investigations and how we do it with our, with our forms, creating one form that all these teams will use so that when we get the forms back and we sit down, we can say, hey, look at what, look at what you know, have, they have in common. Look at what this And we're all using exactly the same form. That's a you know great I mean? and idea. Nothing changes. We're all using the I think same that's a brilliant thing. Idea. And, right. And yeah. if it continues that way, then, you know, if everybody was to use that as a standard, right. 
then we might actually get somewhere. Right. And unfortunately, getting the paranormal community to do that is it's going to be worse than trying to pull a tooth on a rhino. It's it's not going to happen. Mm-hmm. I don't know where that came from. It just popped out of head, but I whatever. Like you liked it? <laughs> I literally saw that in my head. I'm like, I don't want to pull a tooth out of your head, rhino. No. But I saw it happening. <laughs> Oh, but I'm just saying, you know, that's that's the thing. We have to start. Yeah, absolutely. I and I, there's too many teams out there that are doing this whole, there's a lot of nonsense. There's a lot of stuff that just doesn't come back. I mean, do you know how amazing it is that you run into teams out there? And I'm pretty sure, Kitty, you can, you can agree with this, is that there are teams out there that still don't do any type of paperwork. They don't sit down and keep logs or records of anything that they do. Wow. Oh, yeah, they so just kidding. run out on, on a weekend with their, their K2 meter and, you know, oh, I got some right. leaps. It must be intelligent life out there, you know. it's Yeah, you do encounter that, and, and those guys are, you know, just out for a little adrenaline rush, and, you know, they aren't really serious about it. But if it continues to give them some interest, maybe at one point they will, you know, try to reach out and, and do it in a more serious manner. So... I don't want to, you know, tell anybody not to do that, but not to really consider themselves a serious investigator. If you want to go out and go to historic locations and, you know, enjoy the history and find that it's haunted and, you know, maybe have a little bit of fun while you're doing it on a Friday night, that's fine. But, um, you know, and I don't want to sound like a snob, but, yeah, it's, it's not being, it's not what a paranormal investigator does. You know, it's, right. it's right. something a little and bit different. And I think that's a great mix because that was something you had brought up in your book as well, the two different kinds of investigators. And I thought that was great because I think we do need both. Because well, we you want, have your weekend we, warriors that do it for that fun, the adrenaline right. rush to get scared and all that stuff. And then you have the serious investigator. Yeah, I, But we need both. Do to we? Keep attention, keep, to keep it in, to keep attention on the subject. You, and I think to uh, and, so- and to get access to locations, I, I think you need as many people interested in these locations as possible. Absolutely. Or you know, we may lose a lot of these places; they may get torn down. But if there's continued interest in going to these locations, uh, it may keep right. them, you know, think. So I, yeah, I think we do need them both. Well, I, I like what Charlie uh, Whitcomb said here. He says we could reframe and rotate the perspective, and sometimes you can be surprised by something you may have overlooked. Exactly. You know, and then, you know, you I get liked it. Bradley Monks is saying, you know, it's like the TV, don't watch the TV show, really get out there if you and and do the investigation. They like just helping people because there are people in the residential mm-hmm. districts that call and say, "Hey, I got something going on." And you like just going out there and helping. And we do that. Yeah, we do. You know, and and I love doing that. Yeah, me too. And, and it helps us gain too, and what they're saying, what they're seeing, what they're feeling, and then we get to put that all down on paper in our own, you know, files and say, okay, you know, for us, we can go back two, three, five, ten, fifteen, twenty years and say, wow, how similar is this to a house from twenty years ago? Right. You know, and hope that you find that little piece that's missing. Right. You know, mm-hmm. so um, I love all, you know, the whole thing, and um, what's uh, we? It's Bradley Monks. He's got a comment that says. Uh, we at SAM, S-A-M, I'm not sure what that stands for, but if you want to tell us what that stands for, that's cool. We at SAM Paranormal 
do um, a lot of paperwork. Do a lot of paperwork covering from weather to the clients and the history of the property. That's amazing. I think I, I'm liking it. Now, there were some things that in the beginning when you do an investigative report, I remember the old style that people were coming in, they were putting all the moon phases in where the stars were, where they were doing the weather, they were doing all this stuff. I'll be honest with you, I don't put what moon phase, I don't put where the stars are aligned or any of that yeah. stuff. I use the basics. And sometimes if you use the basics, you're going to gain more there just because you don't not necessarily need all that stuff, I don't think. But you need – if you're going to compare, do the basics. You know, yeah. get uh, the history of the Are there power lines nearby? Are there railroad tracks nearby? How many family yeah, members is, there, is, there, is, is anybody on medication like in the house? You know, right. yeah, type of thing. Teenage girl in the house. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, my gosh. Is she growing up? <laughs> I can't tell you how many teenage girls have been well, an issue. Well, Even I, with poltergeist. I told you that on my way here, I passed the road to come down to the radio <laughs> station because I was listening to this gentleman talk about different energies and stuff yeah. like that. And he was actually talking about three different types of what we consider ghosts. And then you touched mm-hmm. it in her book also yeah. that he believes a ghost is nearly just um, a residual thing that is left mm-hmm. behind and that a spirit is something that's a little more intelligent, more interactive. And then the poltergeist was something that was developed from a human being as an emotional state like a young female going through her first, you know. Period. And on the other yeah. end, of, exactly. end of the spectrum, uh, women going into menopause also can cause a lot of poltergeist activity. That whole hormonal shift will just put that house on its axis. Yeah. Maybe not quite to the extent of a teenage girl, which is just trouble on many levels. But, uh, yeah, I've heard of many cases of women (laughs) entering menopause. They'll have, you know, balls shooting, you know, solid balls of, uh, like, uh, what was it, balls of potpourri or something shooting through solid doors bouncing into other rooms and stuff, all kinds of weird poltergeist activity. Right. So, yeah, it's yeah. on the other end of the spectrum. When you get that hormonal shift again, it I, I can actually cause a lot more poltergeist activity. It's crazy. I can totally see it. Absolutely. In other words, uh, no, all I got to mention this. This, <laughs> this is no offense, but I, I, I got I – got, um, the wheeze stuck in my head right now from 96, or what is he, 93.3 three or something right now. He's oh. stuck in my head because he had that little thing on his radio shed, women's is crazy. <laughs> and oh, I got geez. that running through my head right now. Uh, okay. Oh, my God. <laughs> I don't know it. I don't, it's just that, crazy. You know, that, that does bring up something of, of you know, the groups that do the residential cases is they really, uh, uh, God bless them, but they really have to be careful of the family dynamics within that house. Uh, because mm-hmm. yeah. the, the paranormal activity is only one aspect of what's going on in the house, and you have to deal with the whole other dynamic of, of the living members in the house. Not only is you know is there substance abuse, is there domestic abuse, are there teenagers, is there hormonal stuff going on in the house, a shift, is there you know arguments going on in the house, but then you also kind of have that predisposed kind of expectation from the family of you know. Sometimes I found that they don't yeah. really want to accept uh, responsibility of what might be going wrong in the house. They just want to automatically shift it to a blame. Well, there's a ghost in the house. That's why I'm getting exactly. a divorce. <laughs> you know, yeah. and you, you're left with that kind of deer yeah. in the headlights look of, how do I tell them that the blinking light bulb is just an electrical problem? 
and yeah, you're you know, so it's that whole <laughs> double dynamic going on in residential cases. It can really make it very very difficult. I so, agree with that. So completely. rewarding to help people yeah. when they really do have something going on in the house too. And people That's don't right. realize exactly is that their house, where they lived, where they were raised, has so what? many energies that are left behind and still there from when you were a child. The energy just sits there, and you know, it, at any time it could pop back up. If you believe in energies, the way you know they're they're looked at, any traumatic experience, oh, gosh, any gosh. anything like that, just it it still floats in your environment. It's still there. It hasn't gone anywhere. It hasn't mm -hmm. dissipated. You know, and sometimes that can cause a problem. I guess. I guess we got a call. He wants. Uh, he wants to call in. Um, here he is. I guess he's got a question for you. Hold on one second. Hello. Hello. Hey Ted. Hello. Hello. Hey Ted. Hey. Can you hear me, Ted? Yes. Go for it. Okay, you can hear me. Yep, yeah, yep, yeah, go ahead, ask your question. Um, I was wanting to know, uh, what is, there, what is uh, Kitty's most um, exciting uh, paranormal experience that she's ever had? Um, let me see, exciting, let me see. Sometimes the exciting ones are the ones that you don't even notice at the moment, and about 30 seconds later you're like, oh my God, that was a ghost. And I, I think I mentioned it in my book. A friend of mine and I were staying on the Queen Mary, one of my, my favorite haunts. And this uh, is also brought up in the book. I get so much paranormal activity in the early hours of the morning, like about 10 o'clock in the morning. You know, the sun is out, you know, it's daylight, and I'll get some crazy thing happening. And my friend and I were walking down one of the long corridors uh, where the 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 actual staterooms are on the Queen Mary. And all of a sudden, this young woman turned a corner and started walking with us. And she was dressed in completely period clothing from about like the 1940s. She had on like the little tweed you know, suit and the, the fitted skirt and the little white gloves. And what struck me odd at the moment was it's a very long hallway. My friend and I are walking together, and she turns this corner and starts walking right with us rather than kind of giving us that kind of personal space because she's not really with our party. She walks right with us, and I'm thinking, okay, well, that's a little odd. And then I look at her outfit, and that didn't really strike me as odd at first because I think, okay, the Queen Mary has, you know, 1920s galas. Maybe they're hiring somebody, you know, to dress in, you know, period clothing you know, to work on the ship. I mean, the Stanley Hotel hired a guy that looks like Jack Nicholson to stand around and look like Jack Nicholson all day and pose for pictures. Holy so here this lady's, yeah, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. So here this lady's walking <laughs> with us with period clothing, walking right with us, and I'm thinking, and she's absolutely solid, looks like a person. And I'm thinking, okay, well, this is just a little odd. She's walking with us, and then she starts talking to us. And she's saying, you know, I just love the ship. I just stay here. And as she's doing this, I'm not sure if you guys know the interior of the Queen Mary now, but it's all this beautiful veneered wood on the walls. And she's taking this white gloved hand, and she's running her fingers along the veneered wall as she's walking. And I'm, in my mind, I'm thinking, oh, she might get her fingertips dirty from her white gloves. You know, why is she doing this? It's an odd thing 
for a woman to be taking her white-gloved hand and running it along the walls of this hotel. And then she just kind of turns this little corner. Now, the way that the staterooms are laid out is it's long corridors, and it's very, very short little hallways, just about eight feet long, to go into the staterooms. And she turned onto one of those little corridors. And my friend and I walk about ten feet, and we just stop dead in our tracks. And we're like, that was odd. Was she, what, wait, what? what? And we're just looking, what, was she real? And I turn and I go back to that corridor, and there's nobody there. Now, the, the state rooms have very, very noisy lever doors to, you know, to get into. It makes a loud clack, clack, click, click you know, to, to get into these state rooms. There was absolutely no noise. There was no way she could have you know, entered the state room in the time it took us to, to turn and go back to that hallway. She was absolutely solid, mm-hmm. walked with us, had a conversation with us, said she loved the ship, loved to just stay here and just – turned and was gone at 10 o'clock in the morning. And my friend and I just looked at him and like, dang, <laughs> that must, that, she was not real. That was, she couldn't have been. She disappeared too quickly. And not until after the fact that we real, realized what she was saying, what she was doing, how she appeared. They had nobody else on the ship dressed in period costume. And not until after the fact yeah. did we actually realize what had just transpired. It was so cool. Mm. <laughs> Actually, yeah, that, that was just one of those one of those moments that you just had to have to experience. I had no, you know, nothing running, no recorders. It was ten o'clock in the morning. You know, we just had breakfast or something, and we just had that wonderful personal experience. And James Hull is the one that asked the question. On the Queen Mary, yeah. I'm sorry, what? Yeah. Thanks, James. Yeah, James James Shrule is the one that called in and asked the question, but he had made a comment right afterwards, and he says the pool area is the most haunted. Um, I don't know. I it feel is very haunted. very active. I'm sure you guys have all heard the story about you know Jackie quote the little girl spirit that is very active mm-hmm. in there, and um, you know Peter James, the famous psychic, has many uh, uh, audio uh, video clips of him actually singing. And having a, you know a back and forth conversation with this spirit that calls herself Jackie, um, I really don't think that particular spirit is a little girl. I think it's someone who has decided that whoever goes into that room expects has an expectation of talking to a little girl spirit, and this spirit says, "Okay, you know, I'll, I'll take that role on." I have had different experiences in that pool room. And one of the more memorable ones I had in there was uh, the pool room is, is, is gorgeous. It, it has the empty pool, but it also has this big balcony that runs up all around the perimeter of the pool room. Right. right. And we were there with a group of probably about 20 people, and we weren't getting Jackie. Jackie just wasn't answering at the time. that She just wasn't around. So we decided, well, okay, we'll try a different approach. That particular room is really, really good for getting audible responses, though. And so we decided, okay, we'll try something different. And the gentleman in our group was happened to be in the Navy. And he, sa- and he calls out loud, you know, as loud as he can. He says, you know, my name is, you know, Jack. I spent, you know, 17 years in the Navy I know there's some sailors here. Can you, you know, sing, you know, the Navy song for us? And 
I just tell people mm-hmm. I kind of equate it to that scene in the, How the Grinch Stole Christmas where he's leaning forward on Christmas Day waiting for the Who's down in Whoville to start singing, and he starts hearing it very, very softly. We expected maybe, yeah. maybe, maybe a little whisper or something. And there's like, like I said, there's about twenty of us in this room. It wasn't one. It wasn't five. It sounded like thirty to forty voices, very, very softly. Oh my first, and, it, and it started getting a little bit louder, a little bit louder, a little bit louder. And you could hear them singing, anchors away, and all of our jaws are dropping. Because we didn't want to interrupt, you know, we didn't want to say anything, and we're all we're all pointing towards the balcony frantically, and our jaws are all dropped, and it, this went on for about forty seconds, and then it drifted away. And it, you know as well as I do, a lot of times when there's audible phenomena like that, the dang recorders will not pick it up. You can hear it, you hear it with your ears, and the recorders do not pick it up, and not a single digital recorder picked up those voices. But we all heard it in yeah. there, and it was it was just yeah, that, the pool. The pool room is really really good for audible phenomena in there. And you know what's funny is that it doesn't happen just on audio; it happens on video as well. When you see something in the video, it doesn't pick it up. Right. And those are clues, as far as I look at it, is like right. why doesn't it pick it up? What's what's missing? So there's a clue there. And there's a clue when it comes to the video. All right, Kitty, we need to hang on here for a minute. Now, guys, get your questions together. If you're gonna, if you want to ask a question to Kitty, you can call in. Yeah. Uh, the number is one one three two three six four two one one zero two. You can also see it on the Facebook Kitty, page. It's there. Give us about three three minutes or so. We're gonna run some commercials, and then you can do that, or you can ask your questions right on the Facebook Live video thing. And uh, we'll be right back with Kitty. Since 1948, Fate Magazine has captivated you with their true reports of the strange and unknown. But things just got better. Join host Todd Bates Sunday night, 6, 5 central for Fate Radio. We bring you the best interviews, stories, and most of all, bring these true reports of the strange and unknown to life. Fate Radio with Todd Bates Sunday night, 6, 5 central at FateMagRadio.com. Digital Ink Art is a local company that specializes in screen printing, heat transfers, logos, vehicle graphics, and stickers. They are located in Albion, New York, between Rochester and Buffalo, and they make it real easy for anyone to get their brand printed. The website, digitalinkarts.com, is undergoing a new look, but you can still contact them on Facebook or by calling 585-200-2400. So don't forget, digitalinkarts.com. VillageRadio.net, 80s and 90s hits, plenty of local info and high school sports, broadcast and scoreboard reports. VillageRadio.net, hometown info, hometown sports. Hilton, New York's greatest hits. Check out VillageRadio.net. Hey, you're back. Uh, all right. Hi, everybody. I uh, know you missed us. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so we we were... Um, we're talking with Miss Kitty Janice, um, who has a book, and it's called When the Dead Speak, and it's an amazing book. And, oh, thank you. Yep, yep, and you can find it on – well, Kitty, why don't you tell them where they can find it? I know it's on uh, – they can find it on Twitter, you know, if they're on your Twitter feed and stuff, but It is available on Amazon. 
and Kindle. So if you go to Amazon, either punch in When the Dead Speak or uh, just punch in the author's name, Kitty Janus. That's K-I-T-T-Y-J-A-N-U-S-Z. I do have When the Dead Speak, the Art and Science of Paranormal Investigation, which did win first place in the 2016 Los Angeles Festival books. I also have a book for younger readers, which is based on uh, True Events, which is Secrets Buried in the Lemon Grove, which is kind of based on the ha- my haunted house that I grew up in. Uh, that's also available on Amazon. You can get signed copies of my book through my website, which is at kittyjanice.com, or you can also find all the links on my Twitter page under Paranormal Kitty. Uh, you can cool. also reach me on my Facebook page, too, at uh, Into the Light Paranormal. Cool. All right, so you know, once again, we'll put it out here that if you want to ask some questions, you certainly can call in and speak with her yourself. The way this works is you call in, you ask a question, and then unfortunately we hang up on you because of more people that are calling in and uh, background noise and so on and so forth like that. But mm-hmm. um, you're able to call in, or you can ask a question, type it out there, and then uh, Cindy and I can ask the question for you. But I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start out the questions myself because I actually wanted to ask her a couple um, direct things. Is, Kitty, what do you tell people that tell you that all this is nonsense? What do you say to them? Um, I just say I can only share what have been my personal experiences. Uh, I don't discount the fact that they may be a skeptic, because like you said, skeptics are very important in all aspects of life, but I could just say, this is what I have experienced. And, you know, they really Mm -hmm. can't argue with that, because they can't say, I haven't experienced it. They can just believe what I have experienced. Um, I just say, this is is what's been going on with me, and I just want to um, share it. And I've learned a few things over the past year because I had some, you know, uh, deaths in the family. And I've been told things from the other side that were like, oh, I had no idea that was going on. Uh, So, you know, I learn things, you know, all the time. But I basically just say these have been my personal experiences. You obviously have had different experiences, and that may not resonate with you what's been going on with me. And so... You know, I can't discredit what they've been feeling, and they can't really discredit what I've been having going on in my life. Yeah. Right. Okay. So, um, Barbara, Barbara Ann Hill Coper asks you, Kitty, what experiences did you have as a child in your home? Hi, Barbara. Uh, Basically, my parents bought the house brand new in 1954 brand new little pink tract house and it was crazy haunted from day one so once again it was lemon and orange groves all in the area so all we can figure was maybe it was somebody attached to the land but it was funny because my parents never really said oh my gosh there's a ghost in the house or oh just ignored it's nothing they really didn't uh, mention it one way or the other. So my sister, my brother, and I were kind of left to deal with what was going on and kind of figure out what was, you know, happening in the house. But we would come home and all the water in the house would be running, showers, sinks, everything in the house would be running. Uh, we would hear footsteps constantly in the house, and in areas that were carpeted, you would hear like boots on wood, even though it's a carpeted area of the house. Um, my sister actually would see floating heads 
occasionally, you know, going through the house. That I never got to see that. She's the only one who got to see that. Um, the footsteps were constant. Uh, we would have, you know, the cats staring, you know, into the dark corner of the house and then running away. Yeah, thanks a lot, cats. Um, <laughs> the, probably, probably the most, you know, so we finally figured, okay, there's somebody in the house. So we kind of you just kind of, you know, had that intuition, okay, it's kind of like an uncle kind of figure. It felt like an older male energy. He felt rather benign. He just kind of puttered around the area. Uh, the one time he did kind of cross those boundaries was I was in bed. I was probably about nine years old or something, and at first I thought the cat had hopped up onto the bed. You feel that little thump, and then I kind of felt the yeah. weight of the bed going down in the corner, and I sat up, and you could see the indentation of somebody sitting on the bed. And I just instinctively said, you know, stop, don't do that, you know, go away. And he, and he never did it again. So that's, you know, from that's an early amazing. age I figured out, oh, there's somebody here I can't see. He can hear me. And, you know, we can establish, you know, he won't do something that scares me kind of thing. And that probably happened like when I was like nine years old or so. And he never did it again. But, yeah, we'd have curtains blowing in when the, the windows were shut. Probably about twice a week something would be happening for over the course of like 20 years. And as you can say, as we grew older, yes, there were two teenage girls in the house. So that, you know, energy, you know, kind of that little maelstrom kind of added to things a little bit. But he, oh, oh my God, he was like, loved to move things that were green. Don't ask me why. Things that were green would disappear and show up three weeks later in a weird spot. They would show up on top of door jams, you know, underneath furniture, you know, places you know you didn't accidentally set them down. I'm not going to accidentally set things down on top of a door jam. Uh, and you're like, yeah, okay, whatever. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, this went on, like, for twice a week over the course of, you know, more than a decade. And it was kind of endearing. And I kind of, you know, wonder if the guy's still there when we moved out. You know, I kind of worry about mm. him. <laughs> you know, is he still there? Yeah. Is the family taking care of him? You know, kind of wonder. But, yeah, right. he never did anything threatening except that one time when he sat on the edge of the bed. And I just said, no, 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 no. And he never did it again. So thank you, Barbara, for the question. That's amazing. <laughs> So good. Yeah, that's I, a great question. I, I think yeah, I think you answered a question. In fact, she said hi, sweetie, <laughs> and then oh wow, so yeah, <laughs> she she got what she she got what. Now I gotta ask, and and please don't take this offensively, but I was curious how old how old are you? I'm a woman of a certain age who's had four knee surgeries, uh, has gray hair. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm going to be. I'm going to be okay. I will mention it on live radio. I'm going to be 55 next month. Dun dun dun. Wow. <laughs> you heard it here first, I, I just, folks. There you go. I just turned 51 myself, and I have bad knees as well, so I do understand. And great goatee. <laughs> oh. and, and I tell people this is another like, reason I, I tend to do investigations with some lights on a because people i'm interviewing on the location are usually experiencing things during business hours during daylight hours they rarely are experiencing everything at 3 a.m with all the lights off and b if i'm in a historic mm -hmm. location the last thing i want to do is bump into a table and knock over that marble bust of george washington 
kids. Oh, <laughs> and, my and gosh. I'm a bit, I horrible. can be a bit of a klutz. <laughs> so if it has to do with stairs or, you know, things I have to navigate, um, yeah, I will leave some sort of ambient uh, light on, um, basically for safety reasons. And, yeah, I'm a bit of a klutz. And I'm, like I said, after four knee surgeries, I've had both, I had both knees replaced at the same time in uh, oh, uh, 2016. Uh, so, um, yeah, I, you know, when it comes to stairs and things like that, I just need a little bit of light. So, yeah, I've I've been doing it a while. My, fam- <laughs> My family say I am, I am a bull in a china shop most times. <laughs> uh, me too. So, that yeah, I, I'm, yeah, me too. I mean, we all get that way. Mm-hmm. Looks like there's yeah, another question if you want to ask. somebody else's property, I don't want to be breaking anything. So being in the dark, you know, a little green <laughs> screen is, is, a, is danger, danger, you know. You know, or right. fall down the stairs. I wouldn't want to do that either. No, so. <laughs> no falling down the stairs. No, no, no. No falling. Okay, so Heidi has a question. Right. No falling. Heidi has a question. She says, have you ever been physically hurt by an unseen hand or force? Uh, yes. And sometimes I mm-hmm. will somewhat allow it. Uh, sometimes somebody else is being affected, and I will send them out and en- encounter the entity myself and lay the groundwork. Uh, one of the funnier ones was um, I, we were teaching like a psychometry demonstration, and we decided to go to one of the, the, the moving uh, Titanic exhibits that are around that have artifacts from the Titanic. Mm-hmm. And yes. we we had just started the the, the tour, and uh, we were in the area. There was a little. There was one security guard standing in the back corner, and we had a, you know a group of us. And my friend is explaining what psychometry is. We're standing around this bolt, I think that was you know from the Titanic, and I got a two-fisted butt goose, unk. Right in my <laughs> rear end, and I assumed it was you know, the security guard or something. I turned around so fast, and he's standing twelve feet away from me. And oh, it geez. took me yeah. so by surprise, and yeah, we got a lot of you know touchy feely in that because I guess those were kind of a group of lonely sailors or something in that Titanic exhibit. But yeah, we got a lot, <laughs> lot of lot of touching. The, that was the first time I'd ever gotten a two. I, I mean, he grabbed me, just honk. Right, right in my, right in my tush. Uh, that, oh, that was kind of a more, a, a more amusing one. But I, I have uh, been uh, in an area where, uh, on a more serious note, we were on an investigation, and there had been some issues going on of people being affected negatively, and we were getting just some horrible EVPs, just the foulest, worst language that should not have been in this on this particular location. And all of a sudden, when the investigators, uh, one of the more seasoned ones, says, you need to take care of this person over here. She's having problems. And I look, and she's just bent over double. And she says, quote, something's coming at me. And she says, completely bent over double. I'm, I'm going to throw up. I have to get. And I said, you know, go out get some fresh air. And I stood exactly where she was standing. And sure enough, you start kind of getting that, nauseous feeling, you know, in your solar plexus and the pit of your stomach because that's a lot of times where they will try to sneak in in your solar plexus area right around your navel. And I just said, oh, I don't think so, buddy. <laughs> you know, you're not going to pull that same stunt with me. And I just, you know, energetically pushed him away. 
But yeah, it will a lot of times start with a, a type of sharp stomach pain or a nausea when these kind of negative entities try to like basically enter you. And I just said, I'm not playing that yeah. game and just send him on his merry way. But yeah, the, the butt goose at the Titanic exhibit was, was really a giggle. <laughs> and so, yeah, I just, I just kind of brushed well, it off and said, oh, okay, I'm not going to, you know, let you have your fun, buddy. <laughs> but yes, I have, I have been touched. I've, I've been pushed. Uh, I haven't been slapped. I haven't been scratched. Um, but yeah, I, I've been uh, goosed and pushed and, and, and touched a few times, yeah. What, what I will allow, you know. Otherwise, I, I won't let them come any closer than that. Yeah, you have a fan or a friend on here, and uh, that was uh, Barbara. You know, Cindy was saying that she was rereading it, and Barbara says, only you, Kitty, only you. Uh, Bar- Barbara's when been on did- a few investigations with me, and I'm, I'm going to call Barbara out. Because she showed up to one of the investigations wearing sandals and a white sundress. <laughs> oh, <laughs> my just, gosh. Barbara, like, Barbara. You know, she, Barbara. That is not proper paranormal investigation attire, Barbara. <laughs> We're just teasing Where you a little, Barbara. We love shoes. it. Oh, I love you, Barbara. You're Barbara. Barbara, I want to hear your story, your side of the story. So if you want to call in, call in yes. 1-323-642-1102, Barbara. Call, call in here. Let's let's get you on the radio with us. She I said think I was just thinking about that. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> yeah. I was comfortable, LOL. <laughs> yeah. What she said. Oh, man. Oh, that's funny. Uh, just real quick, because we have about 35 minutes left of the show, which is great, but I want to be able to, to say that next week we have the Facebook phenomenon um, psychic medium, Aaron Fowler. This guy is amazing. Awesome. And he has a huge, huge following. And um, people love calling into his show and talking with him and, and stuff like that. And I'm so excited. We were supposed to have him here last year and it didn't happen. Um, he ended up moving. Mm-hmm. So we didn't have him last year, but I'm really, really excited about him coming. It's one three two three six four two one one zero two. We can type that in for you again if you want. Yep, I'm going to do that right now for you. Okay. My hands are cold, so I'm sorry. I'm putting oh, yeah, them between little, my legs. Little... <laughs> yes, where it's warm. Yes. Sorry, but it's the truth. Sorry, I'm not sorry. Because I'm being. I don't warm. have that problem out here in California. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's 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 cold in the studio. It's it's cement in a big building, so it's pretty chilly. You can ask them here or call in five minutes. But but while you're punching right, that Barbara, in, I'll, you... I'll, is Barbara on the phone? <laughs> yes, I'm on yeah, the phone. Yeah, Barbara's here. <laughs> okay, Barbara, tell us tell us your side of the story. <laughs> it, Please. It was a warm night, and you know I'm apparently feeling feeling quite warm. So I thought, you know what, I'm just going to wear a sundress and sandals, and about halfway there, I think about. Probably not the smartest thing to be wearing tonight, but not turning around and going home. So, so we're it. we're doing this investigation, and then all of a sudden, you know, we're we're all talking, 
and Kitty's getting some information, and I am literally getting called out on my sandals by the spirits around there. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my goodness. That's funny. That was a really bizarre investigation. That particular location had a lot of, like, earth energies. Um, I don't really want to say, like, fairies and stuff, but it's a lot of not human energies were at this location and we were getting all kinds of weird personal experiences there and it doesn't really surprise me they they call you out on your sandals but that was actually uh, the location where we had that really horrible creeper um i um yeah it's 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 a really odd location we uh it was so warm that night and it's an old uh olive packing plant and it has this old barn and of course, the attic in the barn is you know one of the most active locations. Well, we had waited what was it until almost ten o'clock night. Uh, no, it had to have been earlier, later than that. I think it was like one in the morning. We did it like the last, and it was still like ninety-five degrees up in that attic. Holy cow! And we're all up in there, and uh, we're standing there, you know, in the dark, and your eyes are trying to adjust, you know, to the dark, and we actually had Scott Grunewald with us, I think, in that one, that one group. I'm not sure if you're familiar with him, but he's absolutely hilarious. But I see this thing climbing up in the corner, uh, you know, through the dark, because it's kind of a, a whitish appearance. And the body of it was kind of cigar-shaped, but it was huge. The body of this thing was probably about six feet long, and it had four limbs probably about the same diameter as a human, but they were really long. The limbs themselves were probably another six feet each. And it had this kind of skeleton humanoid head, and it's climbing up the wall. And I can audibly hear, like, the suction cup as it's climbing up the wall. And because it's climbing up the wall, it's facing the wall, and then it rotates its head back towards me. And it looks at me and it has these huge dark caverns where the eyes should be and this long crack, crackly kind of grin. And it tilts its head to one side. And it's just daring me to acknowledge it. Because all I can think of is like, you know, those big tarantulas. It just goes, Bing! and it's going to drop you know, on top of you. And I'm just standing <laughs> horrified looking at this thing thinking, how could this room of people not all see this. About three or four of us saw it, and we're all just kind of transfixed, and we all have the same don't move, don't say anything, it's going to pounce on this kind of thing. And it just the way it just kind of tilted oh, its head from one side to the other, it was the most horrible-looking thing I've ever seen. But people in other investigations have described the same creeper in other areas of this olive packing wow. house. Yeah, yeah, and they call it the wow. creeper, and I'm just like, ah. <laughs> it was just like a real huge spider experience, and I don't <laughs> oh, really God. care and, to and, see it there again. Yeah, and Barbara wore her her sandals up there. Yeah. Oh well. Yeah. I for, I forgive her. <laughs> I had to give her a hard time though. That's right, Barbara. Thank you for calling in. <laughs> oh, anytime, no problem. Thank you. Take care. Appreciate it. Thank you. Um, 
that that is so funny. You know, I'm going to tell you about an experience I had, uh, Kitty. I actually, when you started talking about seeing this creeper, I had the same experience, um, pretty similar, um, in the Virgin House. It was a thinking the Virgin House. Yeah, it was a large. It was a well. It was about the size of a seven or eight year old child. Uh, completely black. You could not see through it. It had four arms and two legs, and this thing crawled up the side of the wall, went across the the top of the the wall to where the the ceiling meets, and then just kind of fades into the wall and disappears. And that was freaky. I couldn't believe I was seeing it. I was like beating myself. I was like, did I really see this? And then, you know, you go back and you check your videos, and 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 it didn't record it. Yeah. <laughs> so I was. A, Oh my God! Did I really see that? Didn't I see that? But I've had my experience too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and once again, I think you know if if you go back to quantum physics and you know the 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 two slit the double slit experiment on how if you shoot photons one at a time, they'll go through the little slit. If you shoot two photons, they start forming more of a wave pattern. So they said, okay, we're going to film this and see what happens if we have two slits. When you start monitoring the photons, their behavior changed, and they went back to going through the slits as opposed to a wave format. And I think, I want to believe that a lot of times that these entities or whatever these things are can manipulate you know, they know when they're being monitored and recorded, and they they can pick and choose and somehow manipulate the equipment and either show up or not show up. And so, it, once again, it becomes a personal experience. You know, you see this thing, and your equipment isn't going to pick it up. And I think they have some sort of control over that. And I'm thinking, how do they do that? Well, I, I, I'm very, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm very familiar with that, and. You know, when the, instantly we went back, we checked the monitors, we went up with devices to check and see, you know, if there was any high EMF and so on and so forth. And there was, and then a little while later, it was gone. There was no readings whatsoever. So, you know, it's it's weird, and maybe they do have a way of yeah. knowing what we're doing. You know, they're intelligent enough to catch that, you know. Yeah. I don't know. So um, Kathy Heglin is on here, and she would like to ha- would like to know: Have you ever gone to a location and didn't want to go in? I have. <laughs> um, no. Um, once again, you do you know the history of the place. You kind of know what's going to be going on. You kind of know what you're walking into. But people ask me, "Are you scared to go in a location?" I think either I don't know if I'm just too stupid or something, but I think my curiosity outweighs the fear, and I think I prepare myself energetically, you know, and protect myself that if something does kind of come at me, um, plus I don't really engage with negative or demonic spirits. I'm not going to be able to heal them, help them, cross them over, and it's it's like the bully mentality. I don't want to have anything really to do with you. I'm not going to learn anything from you. And so they just really don't engage a lot with me if I'm going into an area that has something, you know, dark. 
I, I tend to kind of get ignored a lot in those locations because I don't really want to have anything to do with them, so they don't really want to have anything to do with me. And maybe it's just because, you know, I have that kind of mindset going in. I don't really have a problem going into any location. I'm like, oh, gee, what what can I learn going into this place? And I just kind of have that kind of bouncy enthusiasm. Everybody goes, God, kid, you have so much energy. You're bouncy. Bouncy. Well, you just go to sleep. You know, we've got to get up and fight. And I'm, I, I just get so hyper going on an Me investigation. Too. I don't know if it's a Mountain Dew and the Dingongs yeah. or whatever, but um, I, I just get so <laughs> excited uh, going on an investigation. I just, I just can't, you know, stand it. And the thought of like, oh, the, the, I don't have any sense of dread at all going into a location. I just am so excited about learning, about catching an EVP, about getting evidence. And I I, I just, the thrill just never wanes with me. But maybe that's just Yeah, and I think that's part of, I think that's a part of how dedicated you are and serious to the field and what you enjoy about it. I mean, that's the way I get too. And I know, I mean, okay, so partially it's probably the unsweet tea and the Reese's peanut butter cups that I eat. But, you know, it's the same thing. It's like... (laughs) you know it's just it's one of those things that when you're really into this and you really it's so exciting and it never ceases being exciting because we're learning what happens you know after we leave the body i mean how can that ever become old you know how can i not want to just find out more right exactly well i'm just i just get a bouncy 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 I do too. <laughs> I totally do. T I double G Gur. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. Oh, I uh, drive people crazy. They they call me Bouncy 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 because I just I I'm bouncing off the walls and pacing and just I'm so Barbara, excited to go on investigation. <laughs> Barbara said spider monkey hopping up on Mountain Dew. Oh, Chanel, I'm a little jealous. She said that's what she's eating right now. What, peanut butter Reese's cups? peanut butter. Oh, shame on her. She knows better. Oh. Um, so there is something, and I even made a note in my book, um, that it's one thing that's different between you and I. I don't want to know anything about the location. I don't want to know about what's going on. I'm going in cold. So I... And you talked about this in your book, how you like to use your physical body as a, you know, filter. a receptor, really. A receptor, yeah. yeah, even even the filter. But yeah, I go a, in not knowing it. And, well, it's good right. to know right. some, of, some of the history of you know, what happened in location and who might have died, but you don't really want to go with such a preset you know, notion of that's yeah, all I'm going to encounter going in. Can you, you'd be amazed at what might you know, be, you know, walking through or coming in or you know because once you kind of open that sort of portal of a paranormal location i can't tell you how many times i've been in a location oh so and so was hanged here and he's the one who haunts the place and we'll encounter a little girl who was still in the mindset of being wrapped in her funeral shroud and was in a state of sheer terror and my friend oh. actually had to bring an angel energy, and you could see blue sparks coming, mm-hmm. you know, off off of her head as she's bringing in this angel energy to heal this poor, terrified girl. I mean, can you imagine like being, you know, wrapped in funeral shrouds and being cognizant of that and being stuck in that moment? 
So she actually yeah. said, here's some people who I think can help me, and she just kind of popped in, and we were able to tell her that this is just a memory. You are not in this place anymore. And it took all of about, you know, less than a minute to help heal her. But if we had just kind of been in that mindset, oh, we're only going to, you know, encounter so-and-so who was hanged, we never really would have been able to reach out to her. We just kind of would have ignored, you know, that energy. So a lot of times I go into a place kind of cold or not with any expectations Mm -hmm. of I'm going to encounter so-and-so. It's like, let's see what I feel. Let's see what's here. Let's see what I pick up. And, you know, I'll go to a place. This place is very, very active, and all of a sudden I'm getting activity at one place that nobody ever gets anything. You know, so, oh, yeah, I, I kind of go, you know, with both areas. Just a little bit of knowledge of what's going on, but if I go to a place several, several, you know, many times, eh, let's just go in, you know, cold and see what I catch kind of thing also. So, right. yeah, you have to have that open I, mind of what you might find. Well, I think when the paranormal, you have to. You can't have a narrow mind in any way, shape, or oh, form gosh. because there's too much there. You're going to miss something if you do. Right. But I was just going to play off of that. It, I, I get this randomness once in a while, and sometimes it's cool. It's fun. And then, <laughs> but anyways, uh, fairies. Um, oh, it just yeah. hit me. I I just watched a movie called Bright. Mm, I don't know I don't if know. you've ever heard of it. Yeah. Um, it actually has Will Smith in it. Oh, I haven't seen that. Yeah, and, and it's on Netflix, and I watched it last night, and it's that whole concept that sprites are actually evil little mean creatures with wings. I've, I've actually heard that. <laughs> Yeah, they're not uh, they're not uh, nice at all. Well, they yeah, think, think, think more right. think more gremlin, think think more gremlin. Yeah, and they, they that type of energy gets really entitled to a space, and everybody thinks, oh, cute, I've got Tinkerbell right. living on the property. I'm going to give them Skittles and all kinds of stuff. Oh, they will wreak <laughs> havoc if they if they get into your house. And so I tell people think <laughs> no, more yeah. of, of a gremlin level with those little things. Yeah, they so get now, very entitled. That. She yeah. had to say Skittles. She, now now there's another random thing coming in here. She had to say Skittles. Now there's two <laughs> things. One is uh-huh. all I can think of is E.T., where they use the Reese's and, Pieces. Yeah, Reese's Pieces, yep. To find, oh, God, you know. Reese's Pieces. If anybody <laughs> wants to go to Friendly's and get me a big five-scooper, well, it's not five-scooper <laughs> anymore, Reese's Pieces, just in the ice cream, I'm fine with that. I'll love you forever, and you'll just be my saying, best friend. Just, just saying. Just Sorry. Saying. Yeah. No, she, it's, she just, it's my fault. You brought... <laughs> um... Never mind. I'm not even going to go there. So I have one more question on my side anyways for you, Kitty. Is, is, I actually had three, but I'm only going to ask the one. But <laughs> um, Role-playing in investigations, um, like trigger objects type role-playing, like we have used – and certain locations, um, especially where there's been a battle, you'd have people dress up in oh, war right, clothing and right. stuff like that. And, like Gettysburg. Right, like Gettysburg and stuff like that. How? What do you think about that? And you, do you think that does help with bringing out more as you know the tr- trigger object or the role playing? What's your feeling about that? Um, I think it does, although sometimes it doesn't. It, it tends to bring out more of the trauma that's been my experience when you start bringing in trigger objects or do a a reenactment of what might have happened in a location uh we were um 
in the Queen Mary one time, and you know it was used a lot for uh, transporting POWs as well, which might not everybody might not know, but uh, there were some gentlemen who showed up in vintage Nazi uniforms, and that caused a lot of you know havoc on the investigation. That a lot of you know uh, information we were getting of POWs that were down there were really re- reacted. And that just amazed me that they were able to see that and recognize that. You know, it's like how are they actually oh. seeing these uniforms and recognizing them for what they are? But a lot of times when we use you know trigger objects, it, it tends to elicit uh, more of an agitated response as more as opposed to more of an affectionate response. Oh, you brought okay. you know flowers or something. Um, when we use them, or my experience has been when we try to do that, it, it elicits more of an agitated or upset or traumatic reaction from them. Right. And maybe that's that. just who. Maybe that's just who is reacting to it. Maybe that's who the spirits are coming in. But uh, when we do that, we tend to get more more of an agitated response. But yeah, it does work. Yeah. Um... Okay, and and the last question for me, and then I'll be quiet over here. We have about seventeen minutes or so. Um, how is what? How do I want to put this? I just put down um, the question was TV versus real investigation. What yeah. what is your feeling on what they see on TV versus the real um, investigative right, reporting? Right, because I know what you've written. You, I know what you've written, but I would like you to answer this for everybody to hear. It. Yeah, because I, really I I'm. Curious because I know that there's a lot of investigators like myself that are out there that have a problem with certain TV shows, and then versus you know uh, how we investigate because they don't show everything you know and sometimes it does get blown out of proportion for TV. So right. how what do you feel or how do you feel about that? Uh, I don't blame the investigators who have the television shows per se. Obviously, they had a love and an interest in the paranormal when they got into the TV shows. I have personally investigated with several of the people who have or have had shows. I've investigated, mm-hmm. you know, with Zach. I've investigated with Jason and Grant and you know Bill Chappelle and you know a lot of these guys. And when you actually do get them on an investigation off camera they kind of go back to the old school method of how you actually do an investigation. When you're doing a TV show, you have to realize it's going to be entertainment and they don't have full reign of what's going to appear on the channel. There's going to be editing. There's going to, you know, I don't want to say there's, you know, reenactments or, you know, anything that's falsified in there, but I think they have to try to make, you know, this hour of programming. They've got to get some evidence in there you see an hour of programming, they might have been on that location for three weeks, and they splice it all together right. and they make it seem like they got everything all in one investigation. And they have to do that because, you know, they've got the hour program, and they have to, you know, get the ratings. And so I, I don't poo-poo the guys who have the TV shows, and I've been on locations that they have been on TV, and I've experienced right. different things than or have interpreted it differently than how they encountered it. And I'm thinking, you know, that's not exactly what I was picking up when you, you know, got touched by that spirit in the dirt room. You know, I got a completely different vibe from that sort of thing, and I didn't run out of the house. But, um, not naming names. But, uh, 
for for any buddy who's watching the show, if or just like reading a book, if it generates another interest and say, I want to learn more. You know, I love the way that they, you know, are so compassionate towards the people who have passed and are compassionate about the people who have lost their lives tragically. And I love seeing these historic locations. I would love to go there. I mean, then, yeah, then they're doing a great, then I think they're doing a great service. But by and large, the paranormal shows are geared to be entertainment. It's not how you do an investigation. Yeah. But yeah, I, I watch them. I think they're 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 very entertaining. But yeah, it's not how you yeah. do an investigation, and it's not their fault. That's right. how it has to be spliced right. together in the one hour format. Right, right. And, and not only that. I mean, as you said, I mean the um, TV, the companies, they want this to be entertaining. They want it to be dramatic. They want this to be. So that people will turn on the TV every day to watch mm-hmm. the show, so they do they what they need the to do. They want the interaction between the, the, people the people that are yeah, doing the Yeah, and that's what I tell people all the time: is like, it's made for TV, right? Okay, not saying that everything they're saying or doing is is going to be yet. agreed upon by everybody in the field, but they're doing what they love to do. They're doing something right. Most of them are making money at it, which is good. It's helping them. It's making their life better. Mm-hmm. And they're also keeping awareness. Show to... me the money. Yeah. <laughs> but they're also <laughs> keeping attention and awareness to a field that really needs that. Right. And I agree. And, and hopefully that, you know, no matter, you know, what show it is, I'm thankful that they brought the shows out, to be honest with you, because it did open up doorways for us. It did. And so that's why I say that I like both kind of investigators, the Weekend Warriors and the really right, true to heart. Right, right. I mean, when so Ghost Hunters I came out, I mean, it, I was like, oh, my God, are you serious? This is awesome that somebody oh God, actually yeah. did it. It was great. But I was watching Grant, most. we want you back. I was, yeah. I was watching Most Haunted. I was uh, the British one. Oh, yeah. Prior oh, yeah, to that. Ghost Hunters. Yes. And I love Derek Acora. Yes, yes, Derek. I, yes, I, I, I love that, that show. But it was, you know, and they used a lot of things that I wouldn't agree with, and they, you know, did a lot of things. But that's the bottom line is that it was awareness, right? You know, that this is out there, and that mm-hmm. there are people that do take it serious versus, you know, the people that and, just and like to have fun. When you talk about awareness, it. you also have to talk about you know the, the young generation that just kind of lives staring at. You know, doing video games and living, you know, in five-minute increments. This brings attention <laughs> back to these historic locations yeah. and saying something you know, bad that. happened here in history. We need to remember these lives that were lost. If for no other reason, you know, you, whether you believe in ghosts or not, this is what the historic moment. These people gave their lives to make your life better, and we need to remember their sacrifice. And I, I think yeah. bringing yeah. that to, to the television screen and making it in a way that's engaging and entertaining for a younger generation, you know, does a great service, be it paranormal I think or not. A, we, have to, we have to really remember that, you know, these people suffered and died, you know, in wartime and, you know, in, in slavery. And, you know, we have to remember these sacrifices. You know, it's, your life always hasn't been, you know, looking yeah. at YouTube, right. and that's, you know, video games. Like, it's like uh, we had uh, Andrea Perrin on the show, and she was one of them. But she was the daughter um, from the original. Um, God, now it went right out of my head. Um, 
with the Warrens. They did the original. It was the first movie that came out with the house oh, yeah. that was. Um, God, why is that escaping me all of a sudden? The. Um, oh my gosh, I can think of. A I, I can't think of the dang movie all of a sudden. Conjuring. The Conjuring. That's it. Yes. <laughs> And ding, ding, ding. ding, ding, you win the gold star. Anyways, you know, and Andrea Perrin was one of the daughters that actually experienced all that. And she said basically right on the show is that if it wasn't for TV and the movie and people like the Warrens that brought this out, even though they yeah. didn't agree with everything that was was in the movie and so on and so forth and, and how, how things happened. But if it wasn't for them, there would have been no awareness of this ever I happening. Agree, right? There would have been nothing there. And... I think that's one of the biggest things with the paranormal is I'm not saying we need 30 shows, but we do need people to be able to tell their story. And that's why I like some of these uh, reality shows Mm -hmm. that like Destination America puts off, like uh, Most Haunt, or what is it, Uh, My Haunted House, uh, Paranormal Survivor, Paranormal Witness. Mm -hmm. These people get to tell their story instead of being locked into that I'm a crazy person, you know, field. So. Awareness, I guess, is awareness one way or another, and knowledge is power, and we need that knowledge. We need to make sure that people are aware that they're not crazy, that they're seeing this, and the more that we can put out there for the general public to learn and to hear is going to help. So when I was Very a kid, well it was actually just Thank you. When I was a kid, it was just the opposite. Me and my siblings would play with a ghost boy who was about the same age as my brother at the time. Mm-hmm. My brother was four, and this little boy was about five or six, and... I thought it was normal. Like I, I thought everybody could see him. I so when I as I've gotten as just being a teenager, and I'd be like, oh yeah, we played. With, people would look at me cross-eyed, like, what the heck are you talking right, about? Right. I didn't know it was weird. <laughs> right. Well, no, I get it. I mean, there's yeah. things like that uh, that happen. You know. Um, yeah. Yes, yeah, Savannah. Good night. Um, we will see you next Monday. Um, Savannah. Yes, and we will have Aaron Fowler on the show. So make sure you tune in. Um, but yeah, I, you know, I, I gotta say, Kitty, this has been amazing. We've had a great night here. We've we've got a few minutes left, but thank you well, so don't much forget, for joining us. I said us. I was gonna give away two copies of my book, and you guys get to decide oh, who gets oh, yeah. the book. Oh, that's okay, right. I have I have one more quick question. I got two copies in it. hot off the presses here to give out to your lucky listeners here. Sign okay, copies. So what, so what, so what do they need to do? Chanel said, who were your influences into the field of paranormal, or did you just go out and discover it all on your own? Well, she had said, you had said, Kitty, that you had kind of gotten into this field because of your experiences when you were young. Is that correct? Pretty much so, and I just have a love of historic places. So I have to probably say my influences were the locations more than the people. Just a okay. love of the locations and finding out all of their secrets. Yeah, people yeah. suck. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> you just like them better once they've died. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> so, so how are we doing this? So, if anybody's up there, they they get to. How do we? How are we doing this? Well, you, you decide. You decide. I I have two signed copies. You decide who's going to win them, and then you can PM me their their addresses, and I will mail them off a signed copy of my book, When the Dead Speak. Well, if they I answer a question, or you pick them at random, or you, you decide who's going to win my book. I got two copies. Because I know that your friend called in, so but we asked her to. She really didn't want to. I think we kind of forced her, so sorry, Barbara. <laughs> <laughs> but I really would like to give James one, if that's okay. 
I would like to be, because he actually called in. You were our first call in since yep, we've switched yep. over, James. So I would love James Schroll to be able to have one. Yep. So if you, James, if you want to get, um, send us a personal message or send me a personal message on uh, Paratalk Radio. Get me your address, uh, name and address, and I will. Um, and then you can forward it to me, and I will mail James a signed copy of my book. Yeah. Yep. I would love that. Thank certainly you. Certainly would do that. Um, let's see who else asked questions. We had Chanel asked question. Um, I know we had some earlier. Kathy had asked a question and Heidi had asked a question. Oh, Caesar. Thank you. He, now he says the conjuring. <laughs> yeah. I saw that afterwards after I'd said it too. Yeah. Um, well, why don't you pick it? Why don't you pick another one or whatever? And we'll go from there. All right. There. I'll just do this. I don't know. I'll just randomly pick a yeah. name. Okay. <laughs> or whoever's still on there, tell me who wants a book. Yeah, how about that? Whoever whoever wants a book, put book underneath your thing. Type it in right now. You got one minute. Dun 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 Chanel Fletcher. She she wants a book. Chanel wants the book. Chanel Fletcher. So Chanel, hit me up on a personal messenger message here on. Uh, oh, I have it as. Um, wait, would it? Oh, look at it! You got three of them right in. Right well, in I a have. Row. I, just Chanel, did you already have her book, or because you were saying that her book was good earlier, and I'd rather give it to somebody that doesn't have one, if that's okay. So I have Savannah, Cesar, Cesar, Cesar. Sorry, Kelly. Cesar. I just want to call him Caesar. Caesar. Caesar was off of that uh, the new um, Planet of the Apes. Caesar was the new monkey. Right. Yes. And no, we know it's Caesar. 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 We're making fun of your name, buddy. No, we're not making fun of it. I'm enjoying it. Okay. Okay. We're enjoying it. Oh, she has the Kindle version, but it's fine. Give it away. It's up to you. However, you want to do it. So we have four names. We have or five names actually. But you, how many you want to give away? Because we have five names. And I think she has. We got three books. Is that what you she said? Has, I don't know. How many books did you have, Kitty? I think I can do three. I think I got three puttering around on hand. Okay. Okay. So we're gonna do three. <clears throat> so why don't you do James Shrule? Right. We had. Yep. We're gonna do James. James, you're gonna get a book, buddy. And go ahead and do the um, Cesar and Savannah said, go ahead. She's got the Kindle version. So do the other one for Savannah. Or Chanel, you mean. Or Chanel. Yeah. So do the other one for Savannah then. Wait, I thought you said, okay, wait. Who did you say? So you're doing James Shrule. Yep. Caesar. you're doing Caesar. Oh, Cesar. Okay. And Savannah. And Savannah. Okay. So all of you personalize. Make sure they put that in the uh, personal message to you. Yeah, want it, want it, want it, want it personalized. Make sure you put it in the personal message, and I will forward them to Kitty. So James, Cesar, and Savannah. Those are the three. So please put your send a message to a personal message. Yep, to Mm -hmm. Paratalk Radio. And with your name, address, and just name and address. Yeah, name and address. Yeah. And now I want to, and Sorry, this, is, this is something that we need to do we, we, real quick. We only have about a minute. Um, 
we have to come up with a way to give away Prayer Talk Radio t-shirts. <gasps> oh, my gosh. So we have to come up with a way by next Monday. Okay. So next Monday we have to come up with a, a game or something that we can do to give them a, away. So okay. well, I, oh do gosh, you're, you're, I do hope your guests are given a t-shirt, aren't they? Uh, oh. oh. I would I would wear it loud and proud on my investigations. Awesome. Okay, well I guess we got to we got to send one to you. What size? Or why don't you just PM me if you don't want to tell me your size and we'll send one. <laughs> okay, and I'll give you the address too. And you have my age too. God, you're so demanding. Yeah, and I'm terrible. So, all well, right. I'm not far, be- so I'm not far behind you. <laughs> All right, Kitty. Well, thank you for joining us. Kitty, thank you. We're being told that we have 30 seconds. So thank you so much yes. for joining us tonight. We appreciate it, and it was wonderful to have you here on the show. I enjoyed it very much. Thank you for having me, and thank you for everybody who called in. And thank you, James, Cesar, and Savannah. Your books will be on their way. Awesome. All right. well, Thanks thank so you much again. for offering and, the books, too. And we're going to have to have you back. I think it would be fun I, to chat some more. I had fun. Yeah. Absolutely a lot of fun. All right. Thank All right. you. Guys. Thank have you. Have a night. You thank too. Thank you. you. All right, everybody. This has been another episode. God, I feel like something weird, like I shouldn't be saying that. But, hey, you guys joined us for another episode of Paradox Radio. Anyways. Uh, thank, you. <laughs> thank you again. You for, survived. Yeah, you <laughs> Ten seconds. Bye, so, guys. We love you. Have <laughs> thank, fun. Have thank, a great night. Thank you so much, everybody. Don't forget uh, Aaron thank Fowler you. next week. Take care. Thank you. Bye, yep, guys. Bye-bye. Facebook can still see us. You've been listening to Paranormal Talk right here on paratalkradio.com. Catch us again next Monday at 8 p.m. Eastern and 7 p.m. Central where we will bring you another fantastic guest. Thank you again to our sponsors and Jay Wolf Productions. Be safe, be good, until next time. Remember, wherever there is darkness, there is always the light. ParatogRadio.com Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.